0: Driving it
1: home with Patty Vasquez. From global
2: conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks. Says and politicians getting caught grabbing asses. She's driving it
0: home with Patty Vasquez.
3: Oh my gosh, it's Friday, and I want to welcome to the uh, patio in the WCPT Studios comedian Jimmy McHugh, a longtime friend of mine. I, I'm going to have to say, I try to remember the first time I worked with comics. Like I remember meeting Tim Clue, and he's exactly the same way he was in 1996. His hair and all, like, <laughs> getting places like, not unlike me. I believe it was also St. Charles, the uh, the comedy club out there that I worked with you. Jimmy, I think you were headlining, and uh, I just was absolutely, I've I love your, always loved your comedy, and you've always been so kind and generous to me, and then I found out that politically, we can continue to have conversations, so that was exciting.
4: Yes, it was. So, (laughs) yeah, it may have been even earlier than St. Charles. Uh, You know, we were down um, maybe at the improv.
3: No, no, no. No, I know what it was. Oh my gosh. Uh, wasn't there a room like in Kankakee and it was like an old grocery store that they had just turned into a comedy club? They just put it in chairs and tables and it had like it was like old linoleum floors. It, it, I think that was it. Like, I had to stay at the owner's house or something really strange like that. I think that might have. See, I mean, uh, you're going farther back.
4: Okay, yeah, you're, you're pushing my, uh, now you're my right brain though. cells now to the point where I can't remember that one. <laughs> there Wait a there might be some gigs that I'm actually trying to not yeah. remember. Well, you
3: mentioned <laughs> the improv. So that makes sense, too, because my ex-boyfriend was Tom Tenney. Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, that would have been it, then yes. <laughs> that, was so, really, that was right when I started. Okay. That was stupid of me. No, don't, that's all right. Don't so, date people well, in know, the industry. You know, but we've... Um, he was the sound guy when I met him, Jimmy. He was not mm-hmm. the booker. I'm just saying. I know, I know. So things changed, and then everything changed. That was a little girl. I was like 22. I was right. so stupid.
4: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't uh, a little bit older than you at that time, but uh, yeah, it was uh, many moves ago, but it seems like yesterday.
3: It does. It was a beautiful room. That, mm-hmm. I think, was one of the, the greatest comedy clubs I ever worked at. I, I just that balcony, that energy you pack, 500 people into that room. Oh.
4: Yeah, there was an energy there that uh, was hard to uh, hard to duplicate. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. really enjoyed that room.
3: And one of the reasons, speaking of po- coming back to politics, one of the reasons I got into comedy was to be a political comic. I don't know if I've ever told you that. No, no. Oh, yeah. I loved Jimmy Tingle. I loved Will Durst. uh, uh, uh Barry, what, um, Barry Crimmins? Barry Crimmins. Mm-hmm. I loved all those guys, and uh, and obviously Carlin. Um, but yeah, and and you know, I liked that Johnny Carson obviously would do topical stuff, not necessarily as cutting as them. Bill Hicks, I loved, who actually died the day I did my first open mic. So there, no, wow. I don't think that was intentional. I don't think that he was like, if she's getting into the industry, I'm out of here. <laughs> He's just
4: passing the torch on. Well, it's unfortunate. Yeah, Bill Hicks was great. You know, and plus, it was back in the day when it wasn't as divided as it is now about trying to do comedy you could yeah. do certain things and no one was up in arms and And giving you all sorts of grief if you said something. We all were, we were very, I think the waters were much calmer and everybody was willing to let everybody have their own little point of view and wasn't so upset about it. And it was, it was a much more gentler nation at that time. (laughs)
3: It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. The 80s and the 90s, for whatever reason, I might be wrong, because that's basically when I Hmm. came of age and uh, was an adult, uh, just seems like that was the pocket. Like there was like a you know, before nine eleven, uh after the, the, the chaos and, and turmoil and catastrophe of Vietnam the Vietnam War. I mean struggles through the Reagan administration, but we still didn't quite know what the the fallout from that was going to be. So I think we had a little we had a little pocket there. I, I got into comedy right when the bottom fell out of comedy, too. Uh, <laughs>
4: but, well, no, it's you know, it's I think comedy is uh, like a merry go round. Yeah. And sometimes it just takes a little while for it to come back around. Sure. And uh, we've seen it go back and forth. I mean, you know, even from, you know, the 40s and 50s when they were doing comedy back then and we talk about uh, you know, Mr. Kelly's and all yeah. the people that used to star there, and and how much you know comedy was a, a stand-up place for the longest time, even even before Second City started. Right. So, um, yeah, there was plenty of plenty of comics that you know uh, paid their dues here and at Mr. Kelly's and all that. So.
3: Isn't there a story about uh, George Carlin performing in Chicago and he went to go see Lenny Bruce and ended up getting arrested in the audience? And being in the paddy wagon, he changed his, the sort of the trajectory of his material because he was kind of a hippy dippy weatherman and did a lot of different things, but became very focused, like socially conscious in his comedy.
4: Yeah, he did change at one point, and it probably was due, obviously, to, to Lenny Bruce yeah. and what he was able to do. I mean, yeah, you know, back in the day, depending on what you were trying to angle yourself for, whether if it was television or what you were doing, sure. you, you had to kind of toe the line, and certainly they weren't going to allow a lot of. Uh, Anarchist, so to speak, you know, (laughs) uh, on on television, Uh, and obviously they 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 comb through your material left and right, so you weren't going to be able to say anything that they weren't going to anticipate. So you never were able to get on and 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 be as frank as you wanted to, like you know Lenny Bruce would be, or what George Carlin did for many Uh many years. Which you know, I mean, he changed drastically. I mean, he went from a you know, an observational type of comic right. to basically a uh, political yeah. satirist, you know?
3: He was. And so good at it. I had the pleasure and luck of opening for Lewis Black for many years. I don't know why. I, I just Him I remember meeting and working with. We were at the old Ale House. Here's this this guy who's cranky and gets angry about things. It was just 1999. And uh, we were at the Ale House. And I made him giggle like a kid. I don't know what I said, but it was like one of those great moments where you're like, I would like to live in this moment forever. <laughs> Whatever just happened that I did that he just... That was funny. And, and I'm sure you've had those moments, too, where you're like, oh, my God, I'm a comic and I get to I'm doing what I set out to do. Right.
4: Yeah. You know, it, and it's funny when you're with someone that you have a lot of respect for it. Obviously, Louis Black was, you know, great comics to Liz and to be sitting in his company in, you know, not in a comedy club, you know, at a right. bar, just chilling Ugh. and being able to talk and have conversations and then you find out who people really are. You know, I mean, you know, we've known each other for a long time. You know, always respected your act, what you do on stage. And, you know, you just – there are there are some comics who, you know, we may not agree on and you may not like, I may like, or you may not like. Sure. And then you get to know them on a different level. It's like, oh, well, they're totally different than their act. Yes. And you're like, well, you know, I like this guy. I'm not necessarily <laughs> sure if I like the person on stage. Sure. You know, but just – how it works for them. So.
3: And we're still, it's funny, the the window in which I sold my sitcom in tw- 2015 was kind of this po- this weird window because younger comics, uh, you know, it's a very um, expose, right? It's all like very, a little darker and and not quite set up punchline in this the tradition of stand-up comedy that I was learning from but kind of straddling those two worlds and it worked when we were selling our show and now you see a lot of uh, people on TikTok. I was talking to someone, they were at the Improv in Milwaukee, and they said young comics are just going up there, basically waiting for a premise from the audience, right? Like they're just like talking to people. Like, so what? Do, so what do you guys do? Because TikTok has become crowd interaction. I even saw Pat Oswalt's special, like tw- mm-hmm. oh yeah, twenty five thirty minutes of, of material, great material, and then crowd work. And I was just like, what is what was? I mean, that's a lot of risk, isn't it to take? on I'm sure he maybe they cobbled together two specials or something. But man. I don't.
4: That's that's a tightrope that I wouldn't want to walk. No. I, you know, I mean, I was talking to another would-be comic, uh, a kid that I just met. He says mm-hmm. he's a comedian. And I said, well, that's what I do, too. And uh, so we were just chit-chatting. And I said, I'm going to have to come and see your work. And he says, well, I do some hosting and some different things. And my, you know, So he's a host, and he says he works the crowd. I said, well, that's great. Yeah. But uh, you, if you depend on your crowd for your, your material, you, you're going to get left hanging once in a while. Yeah. And if you don't know where you're going, I said it's better to have at least something in your pocket to you know we're going to say yeah. and, and, and know how you want to present it and then not necessarily have to depend on the crowd. You know, the crowd's there to watch you work. They weren't, they weren't necessarily told that they were going to have to sit there and, <laughs> and have a whole little syllabus of stuff that they were going to be asked. Yes. And then come back with stuff. So.
3: Well, those people also, they've, they've driven the audiences to the back of the room. They don't want to sit in the front row. Own. They're afraid of being made fun of. I mean, the number of times you've started a show where no one would sit in front. It makes It's just like, folks, okay, here's what we can guarantee. If it's me or Jimmy on stage, and there's a few comics I can definitely guarantee, Tim Walco, Bill Gorgo, you sit in front for our shows. We would love to have you there. Please.
4: Yeah, I don't. I don't go out of my way to sit there and belittle anybody no. or make you feel uncomfortable. You know, it's there to. It's nice to see people react. Yeah, and be able yes. to know that you're engaging and they're listening. And you know, so yeah, I'm not interested in. You know, because I've had that problem too. Where watching another act work, I'm in the back of the room. If you can't hear the exchange between the comics, which normally you can't, you can right. only hear the comics. So it's a one way conversation, and you can't necessarily hear what the audience members are saying. Yeah. and then the people in the back going well. Why is that funny? Right, exactly. You know, I, so, I, I don't know. I yeah. just don't get it. I mean, but there are there are plenty of comics who've who've
3: done that. All their Well, you better be Pat McGanstrong Strong at crowd work if you're going to go into the crowd is all I'm saying. And the thing that Pat would do cuz I was a house MC for many years and Burt would ask me to do crowd work and I'm like I, didn't get, I mean, I <laughs> somebody just have someone say, "Hey, remember that great crowd work that George Carlin did?" No, no, yeah, because he didn't. I got into it to be like, I mean, like literally because of George Carlin and Margaret Show and and uh, you know several other Ellen DeGeneres and uh, they didn't. That's not like I saw them write material and craft it. And I get that you need to have that. Anybody selling a celebrating a birthday, that kind of thing. But uh, but also like Pat is really good at, and he's he's sold out the Chicago theater. So who am I like so? And I think he's got a second one he's selling out. Uh, it's pretty close. But what he was, what he is master at and as a host, what he did great was he would he would work with the audience and he and he has that teasing mentality. I don't know, I don't have that. Like I, I grew up as an only child, so I didn't have anybody. I didn't. That wasn't my go-to. You know, teasing someone, making poke in front of them. But what he would do is he would do the crowd work, get that part of the job done, and then train the audience that now we're going to do the material part. Here's how the rest of the show is going to go, without actually telling them. You know what I mean? That's a good host.
4: Right. Yeah. So you don't want to. And, and plus, you need a host that's going to be able to do that mm-hmm. and and hopefully let people know that, okay, now now it's, it's off. You can talk to me later but the next person I'm bringing up is not going to be interacting the way I am. Right. You know, because that's, that's always a difficult step to step off of and try to have someone go into the crowd and then try yeah. to reel them back in. Yeah. And then the next act is like, well, 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 wait a minute, I actually have material that I've produced and written that I want to talk to you about and I don't want to discuss it with you one-on-one, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah so, exactly.
4: But, you know, it, it's always those little, the little twists. I mean, you know, when people say, well, what's the... It's transition. It's mm-hmm. transitional things, you know, and it's about telling people, hey, you know, we've all done this. We've all done that. Right. Hey, remember when you were this? And you just kind of set the seed and then you go into your bits. I mean, right. you know, you're not you don't you don't have to do a lot of work as far as to try to. But it's also nice to in the back when you have an MC who's willing to go into the audience to mind, you know, what's going on there, to right. mind to what's going on. And so if you have something that you want to do, you can say, hey, you remember we were talking about this before. Sure. And it's so much easier to. Get into the piece.
3: Yeah, you, you you kind of offer up whether it's where people are from or someone celebrating something. It, it offers something else up in case the comics want to. Uh, you know what? Let's speaking of uh, of setting the stage. Let's. Uh, I want to. We come back. We're hanging out with comedian Jimmy McHugh. We are performing tonight. Oh my god, I'm so terrible at where I'm supposed to be doing gigs. You know where we're performing tonight? We're on the South Side. We're <laughs> we've got a chamber. Of, I believe it's a. Uh, I don't know that it's even open to the public. I think it's a chamber. No, it it is? it's open to the public because
4: oh, okay. I think they were selling tickets at the door. Oh. Um, Thirty in advance, and I think forty at the door.
3: I, I should let people know where we are. I'm so bad. I don't. I never update my website. I, I know the address. I'm trying to... European <laughs>
4: uh, Chalet. Is that what it's called? The mayor's I sent this to room. a friend of
3: mine. I sent this to a friend of mine. I'm like, hey, can I? You want know, swing by for a beer afterwards, <laughs> and they were like, no. But my father-in-law lives over by there. I'm like, all right, tell him I'll be over by by ten. By there. Over by there. Because uh, I am not a South Side person. I know nothing about the South Side. Are you also like like anything south of the Art Institute? I'm a little bit shaky on.
4: I really. <laughs> well, it's not too. Far away from Midway Airport, which I've flown out of many times, so uh, I'm familiar with the area. So we'll be we'll be on Harlem Avenue, fifty four forty five South Harlem. Yes, it is the The Valentine's
3: Comedy Jam tonight. Uh, The show is uh, the doors are opening at let's see the show starts at seven thirty. I've got to throw Jimmy out of here by six or so, but it is uh, the Valentine's Comedy Jam it's the oh my gosh i can't see my i need glasses now jim the midway <laughs> chamber of commerce and uh they they it's 40 dollars at the door it's me jimmy McHugh and dan garcia hosted with mike yo they'll also be live music and again it's at the european chalet and the, mayor's Man- Ooh, the mayor's mansion the mayor's mansion whose mayor do you think or is it just collectively <laughs> yeah, they, when they retire they're all like they're all hanging out there yeah. we're gonna see richard uh, the younger richard daly and <laughs> who's left ram is in china or japan or Somewhere,
4: yeah, There's always dailies around. Yeah, know, it's no an kidding. Irish family; they just keep sprouting. Yeah,
3: we'll talk about the, maybe we'll talk about the mayor's race too. But uh, that's tonight at seven thirty at the Midway Chamber of Commerce at the Mayor's Mansion. Um, it's going to be a great comedy show that I probably should have told people about. God, I'm so terrible. More in a moment on WCBT. The show is sponsored by Monarch Brewing. Go to the Patty Vasquez show page, and you'll see pinned right there at the top of the page where you can pick up progressive brew in the Chicagoland area. Also, want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Thank you uh, to their CEO Dan Kattow. For sponsoring these great conversations. Support the mission they do, making sure that kids are supported and feel happy, healthy, and safe in life. That's kidsaboveall.org. And don't forget to keep Warren Price's number in your car in case you get, uh, case someone's backing up in the parking lot at a grocery store and you don't see them coming. I'm not saying that's how I ended up calling 773 248 1200, but he'll help you through the insurance process and uh, get your car fixed up. More after this on WCPT 820.
5: This is Barry Moltz with a Small Business Radio Show. And like you, I've had a lot of businesses over the last 25 years. First, I went out of business. Then I got kicked out by my two partners. Then I sold my last business and I was able to pay back the bank the $1.3 million I owed them. And funny enough, my wife tells me I got her back just about the same time. Join me Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. right here on WCPT 820 where I show you how to get your small business unstuck, grow the company you've always wanted, and finally make the money that you deserve.
6: You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It
5: Home
0: with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
3: We just got a, a text From Warren Price He's on his way To the auto show And uh, we're going to Check in with him Probably around 545 uh, If that works for you Warren if you're listening uh, Unless you want to Call right now uh, 773-763-9278 Let's open up The phone lines Lady B If we could So that uh, Warren Can call in uh, He said I have my phone Number in the car I know you have My phone number In your car Ha <laughs> Just give us a call, Warren. Tell us uh, what you're expecting at the auto show. 773-763-9278, because uh, I don't have time to text him the uh, the studio line. Oh, my God. It's really – I'm sorry, Jimmy. I asked him when we came in here if it was hot. It's hot in here. Is it? Okay. I'm going to – I'm sweating. Okay. So we were talking about our uh, experiences in comedy and working with the crowd, and uh, I don't know if you – did you watch the State of the Union Address? Uh, yes, I did. Did you? I mean, have you ever had shows where someone just like, I've had shows where someone, uh, I remember I was in Sauganash, Michigan, and it was a place where the DJ's booth had chicken wire around the booth, just kind of like out of Blues Brothers, you know, just waiting for it.
4: usually a sign there.
3: Yeah, right. And so I'm on stage. I was, uh, Kevin Burke used to take me on the road. Okay. Well, and, it's just Saugatuck you Saugatuck. Thank yeah, you. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Sauganash is right over here. over <laughs> there. Right there. Saugatuck, yes. And, uh, and this guy, I, I don't know what material I was doing. And he starts yelling, who cares? Right. And I've had people yell, like, that's not funny. And like, I've had people just yell things like in the middle of a punchline. Um, so, I mean, did you see the look in President Biden's eyes whenever Marjorie Trader Greene would yell at him? Like, he had the, the sort of this presence of, I'm going to take care of this.
4: <laughs> well, he also he also looked like he was expecting something. Oh, sure. I don't think he was totally, yeah. you know, surprised because uh-uh. you knew that how it was going to go. So, yeah, um, yeah. You know, you I like hecklers who are paying attention and 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 are not just being decisive, right? You know, or divisive, I should say. Sure. Uh, to you know, to the show. I mean, don't make it about them. If they're if they're listening, they want to throw something in, right? You know, that's. You know, current to the topic we're talking about, that's fine. Sometimes, you know how sometimes somebody will yell something out and go, oh, that's a great line or that's a great add-on. you like, oh, I'll put that in. Uh, so sometimes they just, it's, it's nice when the audience is seeing and hearing the material as it's in your mind. Right. You know, and you're, you're in sync one-on-one. And then every once in a while, you get those people that just want to be, you know, ignorant and just yeah. want to make it about themselves. And like, I didn't see your name on the way in. <laughs> If I would have saw the picture, I would have known that we were co-headlining or something. If you would have just known, we could have talked and done some notes before. <laughs> exactly. But you know, just you know, it's yeah. I I I, I saw Biden. You could just tell he was like, oh okay. My God. And he was just he was just, and I, I appreciated how he was able to handle it. Didn't really say much. Nope. Didn't say hardly anything. But it was recognized.
3: Yeah. Well, and then when he got the Republicans to applaud, we're not going to do anything about Social Security. And I mean, he lured them onto the carpet and then yanked it out from under them. It was masterful. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that.
4: Yeah, no, he knew exactly what he was doing there. So yeah. it was it was fun to watch. You know, that's always a little bit of it's cringing to me because I just can't believe that our society has gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm hoping that every day that we go forward, it's further away from the crazy. Right. You know, I just, I, I, we need to get along. We were getting along as a society. I was just out in Las Vegas last week where there's a melting pot of cultures from all over the world. Thousands of people all walking down the street. and We all got along fine. You know, all getting around each other. All, excuse me. Let me get around you. Excuse me. Yeah. Right, right. Is there anything that's, that's we got to get back to that point, so. We just got to get back. But evidently in a political arena, all bets
3: are off. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned that in the, uh, from what you remember in the 80s and 90s, people were able to um, talk about politics and bring up, especially because, I mean, there was a lot of material to be gleaned from whether it was Reagan, but especially from uh, President Clinton's uh, sexcapades and cigars and stains on dress. I mean, like, comics just went after it. Um, and, the, you know, there wasn't much... I, I mean, George Bush Jr., I think that there was uh, some stuff there. But now it's to the point where you, if you even mention... I remember a woman was at a show that Will Durst was headlining at Zanies downtown, and I think George Bush Jr. was in office. And she was in the back by the bathroom. She goes, I didn't come to a comedy club to think. And I mean, you know, I, I guess that was the, that was the only one that I'd seen. I mean, I remember someone got mad at me cuz I had a joke about Jesse Helms being a fossilized racist sexist misogynist tumor on the faces of, face of America. And uh, and someone came up to me and said I should she's like shame on you. And honestly, I thought she was be mad at me for making a joke about when we were trying to catch this is the week of the bombing in Oklahoma City, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, we've had to do shows after 9/11, after the, you know catastrophes and people really do appreciate going out and being around other people. Yeah, but I was making a joke about how at first we thought it was uh, you know Muslim terrorists, you know people from another country, and and uh, people. And so they they were having um, Molotov cocktails were bought like those you know through rocks through windows of uh, Muslim people, and then we found out they were rednecks. And I said, you can't chase people whose houses are on wheels, <laughs> right? So. So, thank you. I think that almost, uh, what, 27 years later, I feel very good about that. Um, But I stopped doing it that week because this woman came up to me. She took my hand. And have you ever had this where someone's leaving and and you think they're going in for a friendly handshake and they pull you in to say something nasty? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So this woman goes, shame on you. And I was like, you're right. It was too soon. No. She was mad that I had brought up Jesse Helms' name, that I validated what he did by even saying it on stage. And I'm like, but I said he's a horrible person. Like, they don't listen sometimes. So that was the first time I know. It was back in the 90s. So now all you have to do is invoke someone's, like, say, Trump. And this girl had a beer bottle thrown at her head, right? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs>
4: it's I, like, uh, what is happening? Well, okay, so what has happened since that time? Really what's happened is, uh, and I would say it's the appetite of these things, you know, holding up my cell phone right? and computers and the Internet and uh, the instant passing on of news... Which goes on. I mean, when we first started, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, maybe CNN was on. Maybe that was one of the only networks that was on giving you news 24-7. And it's kind of evolved and evolved and evolved. And now everybody has an opinion about things where if you saw something on television at the news and that's the only source you had, maybe you were angry about it. Right. For that time, and then it just kind of drifted because you had other stuff to go on, and you, it didn't it didn't occupy your thoughts the way things are today. Sure, everything that's going on, it's just you can't get away from it. We were you used to be able to get away from it. That's why we used to be able to do politics back then, and Johnny Carson can do it back then. Um, you know, it, the 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 news uh, streak wasn't wasn't twenty four seven. Yeah. Exactly, And you had to read the newspaper. You had to read. Hey, who would have thought? You had to read. (laughs) I know. You know, what happened to that? Um, So I I just think that the uh, whatever accelerant you want to put on it is what's happened. It's it's flashed up and no one, everybody is insensitive because they don't get a chance to get away from it. I I really do think we have holidays every day about all sorts of stupid stuff. We need to have no cell phone day. You know, no phone. Just get away from your phone, maybe for a week. I mean, you've been on vacation, and, you know, I just turn my phone off. I mean, it is the most pleasurable time I have. I don't have to worry about it. Everybody's worried about their phones. I, I'm really worried about the young kids today. I, 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 I am I'm so worried about the kids that are 10 to 20 and what they're going to do. I mean, if you realize that your life outside, you know, this little box that you carry with you is something you need to be more involved with, But they can't get away from it. I wouldn't want to be a teacher today trying to get their attention. It's ridiculous.
3: I joined Twitter, I want to say like 2010, 2011. I have altogether probably 14,000 tweets in that time. My son, I don't even know when he started, maybe 2016, 17, 56,000 tweets. I was like, I was like, what? I mean, what? It's just like everything has to be out there. Every thought. I mean, and they're smart. He's so smart. But it's just. Like, he's
4: a very smart boy. So, I mean, uh, you know, but a smart 56, young man. But, but
3: 56,000 tweets. Like, what?
4: what else? What else were you doing?
3: Yeah. I'm like Now I know why he's up until like four or five in the morning. Dude, go to bed. Here's oh, the
4: thing. God. Here's what I want everybody to know out there. You are not as important as you think. <laughs> No one really cares no, what you think, no. so putting it out there, all it's going to do is stir up some pot that someone other idiot's going to see. And then is that what the kind of exchange you want to have? I, I, there are things that I, I just, I was on Twitter. I have a Twitter account. I don't, I don't do anything with it. I don't want to do anything with it. Yeah. I don't want to open myself up to that. You know, everybody wants to have one way opinions, and I'm fine with that. I really don't care what other people think. I'd rather not. I, if I have what I have, my opinion. I'm the only one that really cares about it. I'm I'm not trying.
3: And, you know, as long as I'm not trying to make you think like me. Right. Well, he's trying to start fights. Like he just... Oh yeah, Griffin. <laughs> I don't know where he gets that from. I really? <laughs> Not really think sure. That uh, wow, well, where's that mirror? I don't when know you what's happening. What <laughs> we're hanging out with, with comedian Jimmy McHugh. We are performing tonight. The show starts at seven thirty over by there on the south side. Uh, we are we're gonna be. Uh, oh, he's gonna be. We're gonna get a call from uh, Warren Price as well, who's headed over to the uh, the car show. But we're gonna be at the mayor's mansion starting at uh, 11, at seven thirty. Jimmy McHugh, me, Dan Garcia, will all be performing this live music hosted by Mikey O. It's a Valentine's Comedy Jam that European Chalet Mayor's Mansion is at 5445 South Harlem. And uh, you can buy tickets at the door. So we're excited to see folks there tonight. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal.
7: Jonas Pazito, live, local and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at ComEd.com slash clean energy.
6: This is WCPT 820. Listen in Chicago on 820 AM or stream us live on WCPT820.com, the tune-in radio app, or tell Alexa or Google to play WCPT. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter.
5: Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at
3: Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern Rogers Park and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Baskets on WCPT 820.
3: are hanging out with comedian Jimmy McHugh. Uh, we are performing tonight at the the European Chalet slash Mayor's Mansion for the Midway Chamber of Commerce. It's a Valentine's Day comedy jam at 5445 South Harlem. Show starts at 730. Uh, tickets are available at the door. And we're talking a little bit about comedy. We'll talk some of the, the, the topics that are coming in. Let's let's stick with comedy for a minute. And, Dave, I'll get to your call in a moment because Steve from the Gold Coast wanted to join our conversation. Hey, Steve, meet my friend Jim McHugh. How
8: you not Steve? Yes. Thank you for taking my call. And I, and I would tend to agree with you in that I, I, I do think that we become overly sensitized. And then part of it does have to do with social media. I, I would argue that um, social media has not created anything that didn't exist before. It's just sort of amplified it. Um, uh, there's no view there that didn't exist prior to smartphones and, and, and again, the, the advent of social media. Well, having said that, I, I do think that context is important. There are things that you can become indignant about. If you're in the workplace, if, if you're sitting in a university classroom and your professor is lecturing, and they say something inappropriate, but for heaven's sakes, you paid to go to a comedy club. It's an adult platform. They're probably serving alcohol, and you knew what you were getting into. So this idea that you know that you have a right to be indignant about something, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, unless you want everybody up there, you know, to be doing you know airline peanut jokes. You know, um, what? Yes. What's
3: wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I never have done that, but I but I've done airline material. Believe me.
8: <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with a little bit of that. But I mean, you know, most people go to a comedy club, you know, to, to hear some edgy adult stuff. You know, and and the idea that we're just, we're going to make sure that everything is filtered through, through some sort of lens that doesn't offend anybody ever. Well, gee, that's exactly the kind of place I want to go to see comedy. You know, so I, I, you know, I there's just there's just the point. We, we've gone overboard uh, in terms of, what, you know, trying not to offend everyone. Guess what? Somebody's going to be offended. Otherwise, it's not very good comedy. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, that's just the nature of what it is that you guys do.
4: Yeah, we uh, we try to swing the bat as many times as we can, and you hope that people show up just going, hey, you know what, let's just go out crazy world, and let's go listen to someone else. Um, it's just different. It's just a different... Play field nowadays, and now you know people will go out and vet you, you know, on YouTube and see your act. So I always kind of watch what I put out there, and because people show, Oh, you did it on YouTube. Well, yeah, you know, there's stuff, you know, but you know, the olden days of just going into a comedy club and not knowing anybody on the show. And just going to see what they had was yeah. great. Yeah.
3: Well, that's why I love doing these shows that I've, I've been trying to build with Patty Vasquez and mm-hmm. friends. Is uh, some people know from the radio, or especially the one I'm going to bring you to at Tatas. I just uh, we're going to bring that back. Uh, hopefully, as soon as her permit is through, is that people have grown to know me in the community. They're like, oh, let's see, Patty likes these comics, and they might not know you, but it's like you know, there's a different way. Like Zanies, right? We may not know the comics that are on the bill, but we trust Zanies to bring us a good show or the Laugh Factory, or whatever. So that's what I'm trying to do. Because you, these snippets of TikTok videos, it's just, yeah, it, it does, it's, it, some of these comics don't have more than 10 minutes or 12 minutes or work a live room, you know, night after night. Have
4: a point, write a joke. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing. Oh my God, hold me, write can that you down. Write a joke <laughs> as opposed to just bringing up a topic and hoping that, uh, yeah. you know, some joke just all of a sudden just lands in your lap. It doesn't work that way. No. You know, and
8: No, absolutely and again if, if if somebody shows up at your house, throws you in cups, throws you in the back of a van and drags you to a comedy club and forces <laughs> you to listen to this, then you then you have a right to be pissed. But if all that <laughs> happens to you, you know, kindly just shut up and leave if you don't like it. You know. But, no, it's,
3: it's been like that for as long as i can remember for i mean maybe it's a little more now than than in the 90s but i've always had someone come up to me and have to pick you know pick something apart you know something got stuck in their craw and they've got to come tell me about it and i'm like oh, okay the next next writer's meeting, I'll I'll bring it up. Right.
8: <laughs> you, want to say that, uh, you do realize, lady, that this was a comedy act. Right. You know, we were doing comedy here. No, nobody was advocating for the election of a president or public policy or anything else. This was all supposed to be in good fun. But, okay, I guess not. You know, you can't do that anymore in America.
4: Yeah. You know, yep. That's the hardest thing. You know, comedy clubs are one thing. You walked into the door and it said comedy. And if you didn't have, you know, the right attitude on when you walked in, well, right. then you shouldn't have walked in. Right. You know, when we do corporate shows, right. it's it's a total oh. total different thing because, you know, the, the corporation, <laughs> the corporations now, they want to vet you and want to tell you what you can and can't say. Sure. And because they never know exactly who out in their populace, yeah. you know, and, and what their particular, you know, um, Whatever's going to float their boat, or whatever's going to yeah. rock their boat, you don't know until yeah, we, all of a sudden, you know, at the comedy show. Oh, that, that he said that, and I'm offended. Not oh, really.
3: Yeah. What was that, Steve?
8: After you have to do the peanut jokes. Yeah, that's what. His peanut
3: jokes. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Uh, I've told this story before, I think, on on the air. But I got hired. uh, Someone had seen me at Zany's, and uh, they hired me for the show. And when I got there, I'm like, "Don't worry, I'm not going to do like the comedy, the nightclub act." He's like, "No, that's what I hired you for." I'm like, "Dude, that is not that's not appropriate for this." I mean, and uh, and he's like, "No, especially that one about how you got pregnant." I'm like, "Absolutely not." And he goes, uh, he goes, "I'm not going to pay you if you don't do that bit." And I was like. All right. So so I go up on stage and I'm, you know, do my, you know, I'm like doing the, the you know, the cute and fun stuff. And then I get to that bit and uh, it's dying. And he yells, go back to the clean stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I told, I now. Told you. Yeah. It's happened a couple times. I, that's so funny to me too. Yeah.
4: I mean, we, we know our own sensibilities. We sure. can look out at the audience yeah. and right away you can say, okay, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. I'm mm-hmm. not even going to try. I mean. You can feel the audience out as you're going, right. and have the stuff in your back pocket. And if you think that, oh, you know what, I think they're with me enough that I could go and do this piece, and you know, and not, not leave it off. And then, but you have to gauge your audience as you're going, right? You know, but, but no comic wants to sit there and edit every five seconds. Going, I can't say this. I can't say oh. that you know it's just it's just not the way your react is built you know you're there to flow and and have fun and listen to the audience engage you know hear the laughter just keep playing them like you know we're we're like big conductors with our voices you yes know?
3: exactly and i uh and and corporate can be it can it, it's more you know, financially beneficial if we can do more of those. But uh, I, they're also you know in the middle of the day sometimes, or they're eating, and uh, it's a lot going. It's a lot of stress, and all about when they want you to write material tailored to like <laughs> and they never understand. I'm like, well, that's going to be an extra thousand right. dollars. I mean, like, if you want me to write material out, pull it out of thin air based on like the personalities of your CEO, and not make him angry at everybody. Okay, that's going to be
4: more. I had to write a script. Uh, for one of the uh, transportation companies here uh-huh. uh, that I was doing a private show for, and they wanted me to write some stuff. So I wrote it and I typed it all out and sent it to him. And, and he goes, And after the show, um, again, I have not written scripts like you have, but in my mind, I've been doing it long enough, I know what I'm writing for for my voice. Right. And I know, you know, and it's hard to put in pauses that are understandable until it's performed. So you could read something and, and the lady goes, goes, oh, you know, I was kind of concerned because I didn't really know where the where the comedy was, you know, or at least, you know, she's she she was just oh, concerned. No. Well, I went and did the show and then afterwards she goes, oh, he goes, I see how you, you yeah, know, on write pa- it. The
3: page writing, is not the same. Yeah. Right.
4: So in my mind, I know. I could hear, you know, I'm typing it out. I'm putting it in. I know the attitude I have. And it's, high, it's very difficult to put in when you're writing a yes. script, you know, how this is being delivered. You right. know what, what is your attitude? What is your perspective, your point of view? And, um, you know, I'm just doing it. was a transportation thing. And obviously I do a lot of stuff about transportation. And by the way, I just want to say this today. And I'm in Chicago Everybody needs to stop driving like a Jag-Off because <laughs> it must be Jag-Off day.
3: <laughs> is it? So is oh, the calendar, happy Jag-Off day, everybody. My
4: Lord, it was just <laughs> ridiculous today.
3: Have you noticed people are much worse after the pandemic? It, it is like people are like they're they're not they're slow rolling everywhere they're not catching up with the cars in front of them that's one of the things that makes me crazy it's just a lot there's a lot going on well out there.
4: yesterday happened with all the rain so everybody was driving really slow yeah. and now today with the beautiful sun being out and everybody's just driving like it's Indy 500 yeah. it's just driving like nuts <laughs> not looking where they're going okay you didn't know you were going that way while you were right in front of me now you're gonna put on your left hand turn signal <laughs> now you're gonna make this turn after we sat at this light for five minutes but
3: well, it's a surprise they wanted to. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Guess what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm going to go left now. <laughs> I, uh, I don't get it. Dave wants to talk about uh, some policy here. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind?
9: Yeah, before I get to that one, that uh, yeah, you're just talking that the uh, society's gotten too uh, self-absorbed and, uh, and sensitive, both sides of the rail. So, you know, you can't. You're offending somebody, you know. So, but um, remember Wednesday when um, I mentioned to you I seen that meme about the uh, MTG looking like Cruella DeVille.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that coat.
9: Santos, bring me the puppies. Well, who knew I was going to be clairvoyant when there's that story about him sifting that, uh, that Amish guy $15,000 check over puppies.
3: <laughs> I've missed this one. What happened? Yeah, he was... Um, Go ahead, yes. Dave. No, you do it.
4: You do it. Go on. Go on. No, he was, uh, he had stiffed somebody on buying some puppies. And then uh, he, he ended up, he took their money, but he still ended up, it was a charity thing, right?
3: Uh, another charity thing? Because he let, like, some dog die? A yeah, veteran's right. dog? He was, uh, yeah, So He yeah. This guy's a piece of, yeah, I, like $15,000 check or
8: something.
3: Yeah, and then, um, did you, go ahead, what was the other, the other thing?
9: Uh, no, I was just going to get into that... Uh, about the rebate and that, and, and that. Um,
3: Which I rebate? Remember, I'm not sure.
9: Remember, remember the tax rebate we got from the state in that oh about three four months ago because they had a overage or whatever at that time and.
3: Yes, you got a uh, you got a check from Comptroller Susanna Mendoza. Thanks, boss. Yes.
9: <laughs> well, No. What? It's twenty two. Uh, the IRS is telling taxpayers in twenty two states. Illinois being one to hold off on tax filing. This uh. Seeking to clarify whether those rebates and special refunds are considered taxable.
3: Oh my god. Of course of course they're
9: kinda of confused kinda of confusing and unfair to taxpayers when you consider the federal government's tax rebates sent in the form of three stimulus checks during the pandemic were not considered taxable income by the IRS. Right.
3: So it was a a $50 per person uh, tax rebate last year, $100 per uh, couple, obviously. Yeah, so I guess we'll find out if it's going to be taxed or not.
9: Yeah, yeah. Hey, when you mentioned about that uh, bottle, you know, I was hitting that one lady. I think I told you the story back when I was in service back, and we were at a um, Ted Nugent concert then. I didn't know politics back then, but Somebody, this is at the, um, down outside of D.C., and they somebody in the crowd had whipped an empty Boone's Farm bottle and oh, it by about three, four inches.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. That's scary. And yeah, never good. Like
9: I said, I didn't know his, uh, his politics, and I wish the guy would
3: have had better age. <laughs> wow. We do not encourage violence regardless of politics. Have a great weekend, yeah. Dave. Take care. Right.
4: At least the bottle me, is empty.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's
4: boons. So it's boons. So I mean, why they, they just dump it, it out and they <laughs> actually drink it.
3: <laughs> Let's take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, we got Jim on hold and, uh Jimmy McHugh in studio heading over to the south side, 5445 South Harlem for the uh, European Chalet Mayor's Mansion, where we're having a Valentine's Comedy Jam. Me, Jimmy McHugh, Dan Garcia, hosted by Mike Okendo, and the show starts at 730. Tickets are available at the door. More in a moment.
6: Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
3: Thank you for joining us on uh, the Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez Show here at WCPT. Joining me is comedian Jimmy McHugh, and we are heading to the south side for the Midway Chamber of Commerce uh, Valentine's Comedy Jam with me, Jimmy, and uh, Dan Garcia, hosted by Mike Okendo And Eduardo on the south side wants to talk about the event. Are you coming to see us, Eduardo?
10: Yeah, so this
4: is going to be next Tuesday, right? Oops. <laughs> no, it's uh, pre. It's pre Thanksgiving or <laughs> Thanksgiving. Tonight tonight, tonight, tonight at seven thirty. Tonight. Oh, tonight. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know if I'm on the south side any other time soon, but yes, tonight at seven thirty at the Mayor's Mansion over by there.
4: The European Chalet. Yes. Fifty-four, forty-five. Yeah, well, I'm
3: on uh, Archer Avenue. Yeah, I mean, I'm
4: yeah, in run, the, uh, run around the, uh, the corner. Uh,
3: Come on by. Yeah, I know where it is. Yeah. yeah, an hour and a half. Plenty hour of 40. Time. Okay, well, I'll see you. All right, we Thank might you. see you there. Excellent. Thanks, Eduardo. Yep. Have a great okay. week. Thanks. Have great weekend, everyone. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take Jim's call. He's been on home for a little bit. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend?
10: Hi, Patty. Uh, tell Jimmy I got a lot of great cousins, McHughes. Uh, I got a slew of cousins, McHughes. Great people. All I was going to say is, I was going to talk about the power grids. they got to guard the power grids down because they got these neo-Nazis shooting them. and you can imagine the jeopardy they put people in. You know, they, during the summer, the air conditioning knocked out. They're screwed. During the winter, you knock out the power grid, the, the, the heat goes off. I mean, you're, you're putting people in hospitals in jeopardy and everything. It's happening all over the country. But I was going to say is fascism, think of it in the, uh, uh, in the three countries. You've got Germany, uh, you've got Italy, and you've got Spain. Now, what happened in entertainment there? Uh, I'll give an example. When I was in uh, kid in college. I did uh, the 3 printing opera. And then it was supposed to be funny. You know, Matt and I, I played the drunken reverend in that play. Anyway, the point is, it was it had uh, irony in it. And it was funny, but I don't think that Chairman uh, Darley Hitler would have liked it or... Recently, were like in France, were like in Spain. That would be an interesting thing to see what stand-up was, or entertainment in general, was, and how it was squashed, or how it was manipulated by the uh, state. You following
4: right? Yeah, no doubt. I, I doubt very seriously that a lot of those people. Uh, there wasn't a whole big regime of comedy coming out of those uh, countries. Yeah. You know, You might have had some people that were uh, maybe agreeing with some of the performers, but uh, you certainly didn't go against uh, the regime. That's for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been it would have been interesting.
10: Yeah, Cabaret is a good example. That was a right. uh, play uh, when Elia was in the sixties. Something like that. It showed the uh, the other side of uh, entertainment. But uh, I don't think it could happen here. But my point, is, I, 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 real quick, how many German comedians have here? I've never seen too many Germans. real you know, the Germans that are comedians, I, they're you know, they're usually pretty much pretty strict. My wife was a brilliant and The wood had to be Stacked exactly perfectly right The place had to be immaculate I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not like The Irish. Anyway, Jimmy and Patty You guys have a good, have a good weekend Thank you. Thank you.
4: Thanks, Thanks
3: for you. calling, Thank you. Jim Hey, folks are waiting to find out how they can uh, Get get in on a $50 gift card for their chance To win a $50 gift card from Brown Sugar Bakery Text Vanilla Cream two seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Thank you for the reminder, Paul uh, Tomorrow is their last day to take orders for Valentine's Day. They've got a, a cupcake bouquet that you can send to someone that you want to cheer up and uh, show them your love. So vanilla cream two seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. And speaking of the text screen, Jimmy, uh, hold on, let me get to this text. Uh, Great show, Jimmy. Uh, see you soon at the OTB in Oakbrook Terrace. Love, Tammy and the gang. <laughs> okay. <So. laughs> all
4: right. Yeah, we'll be out there again at some point. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I have a friend that you know from the, from the, from the station here. Uh, we all have a uh, – with Jerry Walski. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I are horse, uh, horse pursuers.
3: We should mention that with our friend Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy plays a couple two-tree bets every Does now and he? then. Yeah. Okay. He, he watches the ponies. Yeah, what I uh,
4: Jerry wanted me to uh, handicap the Withers handicap that's going on tomorrow out of Aqueduct, so I did oh. go and look. Okay. And uh, the two favorites are going to be one and two. How they finish, whether it's going to be, you know, uh, I think, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, hot Show? No. No. Um, no, now I'm forgetting the name. One of them was uh, Arctic uh, Arrogance, and that horse will probably go out to the lead. Uh, there's another horse, number uh, the seven horse, is going to also go out to the lead. But this other horse, number four, uh, Hot Show, called okay. Hot Show. Hot Show. Okay. Hot Show. Now, that horse, to uh, to the people who like, and this is going to make sense to you in a second. Sure. Um, there's uh, a sire out there called um, Candy Ride. So this horse is out of Candy Ride. Now Candy Ride is out of a horse called Ride the Rails. Okay. Ride the Rails is out of a horse called Crypto Clearance. Oh boy! So you know who that is? Do you know who that is?
3: Crypto Clearance was was that one of the uh, Kentucky?
4: Well, what? he ran in the Kentucky Derby, but he is uh, he was owned by. Harry Tynowitz's father.
3: Oh, get out of here. Really? Yeah. All so right, Crypto Harry.
4: Clearance is like the great-great-grandfather of oh, Candy wow. Ride. Oh, come on. And also another horse that's out there siring uh, called Gunrunner. He is also out of Crypto Clearance. And Candy Ride is throwing some great horses, and it's all from Crypto Clearance. So if you watch, if you like the Pedigrees on Horses... Any there horse that's out of Candy Ride. If you see a name on the horse and it's got Ride in its name or Candy in its name, like these horses just run all day. Now, Candy wow. Candy Ride ran in Argentina. It was 6 0. Wow. Never, never lost race. Only ran six races. And each one was ridiculously faster than the last. So, nice horse. So, but the, yeah, those are uh, Hot Show and uh, Arctic Arrogance should be the number. They'll, they're both going to be the favorites. And I don't really see anybody else in the race. This. Uh, Forensia Horse, uh, that's number seven. That's going to go out to the lead, too. uh, And it's going to set up for Hot Show to come in. And, and close at the end. So
3: I think we need to get a uh, regular... Uh, I think we should reach out to some of the OTBs and uh, and have them sponsor a, uh, a horse segment with you and Jerry. I would just be along for the ride. I, I My way of betting on a horse, when, my, when I was younger, my dad would take me to Arlington or uh, to Maywood or the, to Hiawatha, you know, to the, the harness races, too. Um, I would go down to the paddock when the jockeys would board, you know, would uh, saddle up, and uh, I would decide which ones seemed like they were ready to run, which ones were in a good mood, who's... You know, it seemed like they were raring to go. You could tell. they Get me out there. You know, other horses are going kind to of like, yeah, let's do this. You know, different day, same crap. <laughs> you
4: know, it's it's weird. I, you, but I do look at the horses like that, too. And yeah. I, which ones are look like they're ready to go. Yeah. And, that
3: but tail, some, when that tail's going, you know, they're like, get me out there.
4: But then some of them are like, oh, okay. You know, they're a little too excited. So they, do, they yes. do get a little anxious, and they they waste a lot of Energy that they Too don't early. need to wait. Right. Yep. And then there's horses that are like, oh, we're doing this again. All right, let's go do this so yeah. I can go back to my oats. You know, so <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think there's some horses that eventually figure it out, and then there's horses who never figure it out. Right. But yeah. uh, it's it's fun. You know, Jerry and I would go and try to pick here and there. I, I am the best handicapper and the worst better. <laughs> I don't have enough money to bet them properly, but I, I will always have at least one or two horses in the top three, but it's, it's that one that I didn't pick that kicks my...
3: That'll up. make it crazy, won't it? Yes. Yeah. That, my dad, like I said, my dad used to take me all the time. Uh, we, it'll be interesting to see if Arlington becomes uh, Bears uh, heaven out there. You live out, out that way, yes?
4: Yep. yep. No, yes. I think that's pretty much a done deal. I don't know yeah. that it's going to change unless... Uh Lightfoot gets back in again, and she's able to come up with some kind of deal. But I think the one thing I I see about the Bears, uh, the McCaskies seem to be more interested in working on that aspect of their business, which is getting a new stadium and leaving the team alone. (laughs) And I (laughs) I really do think that. Go do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Go do that. You go do your little building project. You go build the dome over there in Arlington Heights, and leave the leave the franchise to us, so we can get back on board. So I think they're they're on their way. They're on the way. I you know I I watch what the Bears are doing and. I, I think they got the right people in place. It's just going to take a couple more years, but they yeah. could be formidable for you know for a while. Once they get everything, they got to get some offensive linemen in and need a couple defensive linemen. And I think they'll be all right.
3: Yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll see what that uh, that entire layout looks like. Jimmy McHugh is uh, going to be tonight at the European Chalet slash Mayor's Mansion for the Midway Chamber of Commerce Valley Comedy Jam, featuring Jimmy, Me, Dan Garcia, hosted by Mikey e. O. Doors uh, are opening. I think at six thirty. Mike said he'll be there at six thirty, and then the show starts at seven. I got to kick Jimmy out because he got to get yeah to get gotta a, go. I he gotta he gotta, 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 gotta be over by there. I will see you in a couple hours. You got it. Thank you, Jimmy McHugh. Thanks, Patty. Do you have any any place you want to send people to uh, check out uh, for future uh, Chicago comedy? Yeah, you, you can, get, can always
4: check out uh, Chicago comedy dot com. I got comedian dot and uh, yeah, that you'd be able to find out where we're working.
3: Excellent. Thanks, Jimmy. Be safe out there, and I'll, I'll see you in a couple hours. You got it. More after this on WCPT eight twenty Heartland.
6: Signal. Light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of this tunnel. That light at the end of the tunnel. Your guiding light. That light is going to get brighter and brighter
0: through another day. I think it's a great day. The Joan Esposito Show. Live, local, and progressive. Weekday afternoons at 2 on WCPT 820.
6: WCPT 820. Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Mascus on WCPT. I am so
3: excited to have my friends from Doghouse CrossFit join me in studio. We have Natalie and Candace in studio, and I think that uh, it, it, you know a lot of folks have this idea of CrossFit, and you guys are working on making sure that people know that it's much more than that. So, hi Natalie, hi Candace, welcome to the studio. How you doing? Hi, Hello. thanks for having us. Absolutely. And uh, if you guys think that that the, the title Doghouse CrossFit sounds familiar, it's because they were featured on a around town with Annabelle Val uh, about two week about a week and a half ago how long has it been yeah time about a weird. week and a half about a week and a half ago uh, a great profile on the gym their kids programs nutrition program uh, it's not just picking up and dropping heavy things as I've described it mm-hmm. and uh, and so I wanted I wanted to bring them in to talk a little bit about you know everyone always has this focus on New Year's resolutions well now we're into February and it's time to still talk about how we take care of ourselves so let me start let me start with you Natalie sure uh, Tell folks, like, the kind of range of uh, classes that you have. Like, if someone wanted to uh, come in and check out Doghouse, what kind of a class would they be dropping in on?
11: Sure. So we offer both group fitness or personal training. Um, Our group fitness programs include CrossFit, which Patty has talked about. Um, That's where you'll see people dropping weights and um, enjoying it. We also have started a boot camp class that's geared toward um, people who maybe don't want to lift heavy barbells, they, but they do want to get up and start moving, right? Yes. So it's more of our introductory program. Um, we also just partnered with um, Renew Active, which is actually like a Medicare program. So it will help... Ha- like, Medicare programs will pay partial membership for people 65 and over, um, so we're trying to accommodate, you know, uh, older population as well. We know that they are um, in need of moving and staying active, um, you know, long term, just to increase longevity. So we're very happy to have, you know, partnered with. Uh, it's through United Healthcare. So if anyone That's has a supplement, yeah, yeah, I that just that. happened about. Uh, a few weeks ago I think we Just are launching Our first member Through that So um, It's definitely For all ages You know we Like you said We have the kids program That's for our younger kids And we can take People You know through, through their 80s, 90s, and 100s even do CrossFit or boot camp?
3: Well, because it, it's all... One of the things I learned when I was... I started about... Uh, I can't believe it's been so long. About eight years ago. With uh, No, isn't yeah. that crazy? Wow. I came in. Yeah. I was I was training for the Fight for Air Climb. Uh, right. And I, I was... Uh, you know, we were looking around like, how do I get in shape besides just doing stairs? And we reached out to you guys. I found you guys through uh, Peter Nickias, who was yes. a reporter for the Chicago Tribune. We worked in the same building. I was interviewing him. And, you know, you kind of uh, Before you... I interview some people I don't know. I'm like, oh, what are they up to? And I saw this place uh, on Northwest Highway where I I grew up right down the street from there. I was like, oh, what's this place? (laughs) And we went and checked it out, and I absolutely fell in love. And it wasn't just the workout or doing something different. It was the atmosphere, the energy, Mm -hmm. the commitment that everyone that worked there and worked out there had to not just uh, make their lives better or feel stronger or healthier, but how you guys support each other was what always struck me. And it continues to. Yeah.
11: Yeah. Yeah. We're we're really big on community. Um, We sort of just um, expanded our brand to just include the importance of community and nutrition and how that also plays a role into the movement that we do, the exercise, um, just for a very, like,
7: wholesome, well-rounded, long healthy life yeah you know it's
3: wonderful yeah. I, I, go ahead Candace. I was gonna
7: say that's like naturally emerged the community mm-hmm. part like of course you always want that in a smaller gym but it just seems to like happen and grow and expand like more and more as new people come they're just like a great fit for the place and it makes it even stronger community so it's yeah that's definitely like I think what keeps people coming back you know
3: and did you start out did both of you start out knowing Courtney and who like who were the founders of CrossFit it was you and Courtney. Not of CrossFit, but of
11: Dog I'm House. Sorry dog house. <laughs> sorry, dog house. yes. No, yeah. Um, so Courtney and her husband, and then they had two business partners um, okay. way back when, about ten and a half years ago now, when they opened up. And then Candace joined the gym. I joined the gym shortly after as well. Um I think the three of us just became very close, and
7: yeah, people think that we knew each other before the gym because the three of us were such good friends. But we all met there. And That's Kort- what I thought. I thought we yeah. yeah. all met
3: there. Courtney yeah.
7: likes to say that she set <laughs> Nat and I up as friends. That she would like <laughs> pair us together in workouts and things. A like A matchmaker. That. There yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Nat, when did you uh, become an owner? Um, I think so. It was about seven years ago.
11: Now I ended up. Uh, my brother and I bought out the other two gentlemen that were. Um, owning it with, with Courtney. And, yeah, so since then, I, you know, I left my full-time job about six years ago. Wow. Um, and dove into Doghouse with Had Courtney. Had you been yeah. a
3: trainer before that? No. No, so no. You, I you, this entire growth is from starting at, at Doghouse. Doghouse, yeah, yeah. Holy so cats.
11: I am a testament as to what CrossFit <laughs> could do. Like, it has yeah. a 1,000% changed my life, you know. And um, I'm not, like, a competitive athlete by any means, but it just did something for me like on a very um, personal level like confidence and and energy wise I just felt so much better.
3: Yeah, it's a it was funny cuz i just loved it so much it was, it was there was a part of my life where i was going like 3 five, 3 to 5 days a week and it's the, and i look at those photos and i'm like i miss her <laughs> um but it really is it's extraordinary and the other element to this too is i actually remember when candace would come in and some some people would bring in like their food to make sure they were staying nourished in between workouts or what they were eating and things like that and the the nutrition part of it was something that you have kind of shaped a lot of at doghouse CrossFit is right Candace? Yeah
7: yeah I, I'm like forever grateful to Nat and Courtney for letting me have that opportunity. I was someone who found CrossFit and then found how important it was for nutrition to be a part of it and not just eating to lose weight or like look skinny right but like emphasizing the quality of foods and things like that and so I went down the rabbit hole of like restarting school basically to learn more about nutrition and they let me kind of try to be a nutrition coach for the first time in doghouse and that was so long ago um and now you know we've had so many clients come through some just do nutrition they're not even members of the gym um and so that's been a lot of fun to grow that and i hope to grow it even larger um and it's it's yet another way to emphasize the community part of the gym right because we do these group programs where people can start together, change their nutrition, share recipes with each other, strategies, kind of like share their struggles and it helps them kind of like make that change for the long term.
3: And I know that there's this sort of um you know, mythology of and and look, I'm sure there's some box some gyms that there's like the cult called- sort mm-hmm. of uh, yeah. mentality yeah. people think yes. it's a it, and I can't explain the the environment uh, well enough uh, just that it is always brought me joy to come and work out uh, and to and to feel like I achieved something not just to be around people who are like supporting everyone no matter what their skill level or strength is but uh, but just like it just there's such great energy at doghouse I've never been a part of anything like it yeah I do I do sound like I'm in a cult and
7: that's
3: the thing is I I didn't. I, you know, I, I did not. I stopped having being able to work out as much. I think like in 2018. So I came back during the pandemic like once, and then I tried <laughs> last year, and uh, and then Declan uh, ended up in the hospital, and I and it's been hard for me to come back. Uh, but I am trying to focus. I think one of the two things that I'm focusing on this, well, one, I also got hurt, but um, is being mindful of eating again. I think that, I mean, if people come to you and said, you know, during the pandemic, I, you know, I I just, I ate too much, I drank too much and I'm just trying to get back in the rhythm of who I am in my relationship with food, right?
7: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, even myself personally, I I know all the things that I'm supposed to eat and all the great habits and it still was tough to stick to that, especially in those early days, right? So some people are still kind of climbing out of that and getting used to a new routine. But it doesn't have to be this big complicated process, and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. We focus a lot on like the small. Little daily things you can do to really build the habits that are going to last a long time.
3: So you're saying standing in my pantry at 11:30 at night eating potato <laughs> chips with sour cream is one of the things I, I probably yeah, should we, be mindful yeah, of not. Yeah, yeah, we might change that up a little bit. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> that's, I, I mean, like it, it became like this. I, you know, I try to get the I try to get on the bed, and and I wouldn't be able to fall asleep, and I'd, I'd want something salty, and the next thing I do, I'd be standing in my pantry. Yeah. I, I eliminated Cheetos, uh, and I've stopped eating potato chips as much. That's I, great. I have uh, seaweed sheets, which are just really <gasps> exciting.
7: I love those. My you, friends make
3: fun of me. I no, love them. I love them. Oh, my God. I put sour... Cr- not sour. That's gross. Uh, also, this might be gross to you, too. But, but, like, you know, you think of the things you go... When you go t- for sushis, I put cream cheese mm. oh, and some okay. red pepper oh, and, and shaved oh, yeah. carrot and things. Okay. i roll them up. Yeah. I love
11: that. It's a good substitution. Yeah. Yeah. Candace is really good at, at that, at um, helping people, not totally wipe everything out of the diet, right? We're all human and we we have certain things that we like to enjoy, but she helps you find like different alternatives um, and how to like slow down those bad habits and then eventually create new, better ones.
3: You know, this actually works out pretty well because our good friend Warren also does CrossFit, <laughs> don't you, Warren? <laughs> hey, Warren, how are you doing? Awesome.
2: I'm doing great, Danny. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. I'm hanging out with my friends Candace and uh, and Natalie from Doghouse CrossFit over here on the northwest side. Are you? Are they, can you hear me on the headphones? You're, they're good. So, Warren, you've headed out to the our, our European and U.S. car guy, uh, 4080 <laughs> North Broadway, <laughs> over by their europeanus.com. Uh, How is the auto show looking, my friend?
2: Well, I'm at the charity event right now uh, with the Jetsu White tumblers. uh Raising money, and it's sponsored by the BL Body, BL Auto Group, uh, the Toyota dealer that uh, you got your car at. Yeah, and, uh, I'm here, you know, supporting them and Jesse White and uh, all the greatness that he's done over the years for your uh, Secretary of State. He still looks good, taking pictures with everybody. Uh, it's really a nice event, and uh, the show's starting in uh, about uh, 40 minutes.
3: I uh, I love that you wanted to check in with us. What are you? Are, are there any cars that you're as is, is a car guy, as somebody who fixes cars? Do you look at these cars and go, "That's going to look good in my shop when someone dings, <laughs> dings it all?" Off?
2: Well, yeah, I'm really interested in technology and what's happening in the future. Sure. So, believe it or not, I'm going to say this statement. I'm not the guy to bring my company to the future. I have to get involved with other people that are more technically involved to do that. But with my Experience, I can join with a, a group and go forward because uh, I really see technology is really going to change the way we do things in our our business.
3: Well, I love that you saved a date on everything and you're and you're uh, participating in this uh, charity event. Uh, always a great time. I know. I was telling the ladies from Doghouse CrossFit that you also are. Uh, you all he takes really good care of himself. It's ridiculous.
11: I know Warren. Do you know Warren? I How do, do you know Warren. Warren.
3: Ooh, who is this? Natalie. Natalie. It's Natalie.
11: Natalie. <laughs> Natalie.
8: I love you. Kisses, Natalie. How are My you, brother? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm
2: well. I'm Elfin Amateur.
7: Yay. <laughs> wait,
11: wait, wait. How do you guys know each? Um, Warren oh, and my I dad know. are Natalie friends.
3: Since she was a little girl. Oh, oh there that's... you go. So you know that Warren stays in shape. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He,
11: he makes me feel his muscles
3: every time I see him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Warren. Warren, <laughs> stop doing that. Okay.
2: Oh, I love Natalie. I love her family. Her mom, Sandy. Tell her I said hello. I, I
7: will. That's fantastic! This is like family <laughs> is hour. Is she listening? She's a local celebrity now. Nice.
3: That is so funny. Oh, Warren, I love that you checked in with us, and I love that you you know you know Natalie. I have to meet Candace someday. I'll have, to have you guys all in studio. Warren's oh, yeah. actually Warren's going to join us uh, on air on Tuesday, and uh, I don't want to keep yeah. you too long because I know that you're uh, you're all you're all gussied up with your date. You uh, got your oh, tux? Yeah. You got your tuxedo I'm with, on.
2: I'm with Sarah. Nice. Oh, yeah, I got my tuxedo on.
3: Right. Outstanding. Well, go have a good time and uh, Trip the Light Fantastic. Enjoy yourself, and we'll see you on Tuesday.
2: All right, thank you. Have a great day, Natalie. Blah, kisses.
3: Bye, Warren. Have fun. What a lovely surprise. Right, bye, 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 Warren. Bye. Enjoy. Bye, bye. Let's take a break here. We'll continue our conversation with Natalie and Candice from Doghouse CrossFit. Also, don't forget to te- to text Vanilla Cream. Speaking of your nutrition, uh, you, you can't. We'll talk about this when we come back. But you can't. You know, being uh, aware of what you eat doesn't mean that you can't eat the the fun things too. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Text Vanilla Cream for your chance to win. A $50 gift card from our friends at Brown Sugar Bakery. More in a moment. On Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. We're on WCPT 820,
5: the Heartland Signal.
6: This is WCPT 820, where facts matter.
5: This is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time.
3: Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly.
0: Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773 763 9278. Driving at home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820.
3: We're collaborating with our friends at Brown Sugar Bakery and they've given us $50 gift cards to give away. So text vanilla cream to 773 763 9278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card. And I was just saying uh, on our way to the break that, you know, we've, I am trying to eliminate sugar for a while as much as I i possibly can so uh, instead of having maybe a half a bag of a pound of m&ms peanut m&ms uh maybe i'm gonna have a couple of dates with cream cheese uh also clearly i've told you now twice i eat something with cream cheese that's become a staple (laughs) i just said that i just realized that that's a thing but also I've, i've been putting like yolk more yogurt and cottage cheese that's a lot of dairy. But also a lot of protein.
7: Yeah, I was going to say, well, cutting back on sugar just a little bit and adding more protein, those are two things that literally anybody could do and benefit from, yeah. like, regardless of what your fitness goals are or like kind of your starting point. Those two things are great. Well, because, so tell us a little bit about that because
3: there are people who like, you know, now we're on TikTok all the time, right? So someone's like, how do I get my 70 grams of protein? I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but I mean, what what are some of the goals? So let's say for women in their 50s, just miss uh, pitballing.
7: Yeah. Uh, like, uh, what's a t- Are there targets for protein intake? In general, you want to be about seventy percent of your body weight on like the lower end. So, if you weighed a hundred pounds, that would be seventy grams okay. of protein or so. Oh, so. So, I do need seventy. Mo- more, yeah, more than 70. most women uh, probably close to a hundred grams is a great daily. Start or you know, something to aim for. If you're not eating anywhere near that now, you don't want to double your protein overnight, you're just not (laughs) going to feel great digestively. So, did you not recommend, Uh um, you know, kind of notch it up in increments of like 20 grams or so and get try to get as close to that 100 grams if you can? What about so? I bought a uh, so what I I
3: was like, well, I'm not going to be able to, you know. I wasn't sure. So I bought these protein shakes. Yeah. Right? So protein shakes are another way to get that. It's like 30 yeah. grams in one protein shake. I'm like, boom, done. Yeah.
7: 100%. I have protein shakes. Um, I'm secretly trying to get my mom to eat healthier. So I've been doing that <laughs> through protein shakes because it's kind of like a treat for her. So that's a great thing to do in the morning if you're not used to having breakfast or you don't have time to cook whole food. Mm-hmm. Protein shakes are great. I
3: learned how to poach eggs, too, recently.
7: You did? So that, well, that's... in the microwave. It's oh, a whole wow. thing. Yeah, right? I know.
3: That. I know. Okay. Half a couple. <laughs> water, okay. a little, just like a quarter teaspoon of vinegar, poke the egg yolk with a toothpick four or five times, oh. cover with saran wrap, put it in the microwave for about a minute. Wow. If you leave it in the water longer with the heat, it'll continue to co- to cook the yolk more, and then yeah. with a slotted spoon, drain, boom. But the problem is if you want more than one, it's oh, a process. It takes, yeah, it takes it. a little bit yeah. of time, but I do it anyway. Got you, got um, it. <laughs> but I also started baking eggs, too, with the muffin, like the, yeah. the muffin tin. I put yeah. like a, a deli turkey uh, in the cup, and then my egg, and my cheese, and tomatoes
7: nice oh so you use the turkey as your instead of ham yeah as like a cup though like it like yeah it rests in there yeah that's that's brilliant I'll take Brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to try that this weekend because so I need to switch it up a little bit myself.
3: Yeah, I got tired of the, the sloppy. I mean, the, the poached eggs work, but it also is a little bit it's still wet. Yeah. And I kind of like the crispiness of the yeah. baked eggs. Yeah, I love that. And when we were at the cafe stay and play, uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about how the carbs, like we were looking at the plate yes. of foods. We are like, oh my God, that's <laughs> so much French toast. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say before that? No, I
11: was. you mentioned yogurt and your protein. One of my favorite things to do is put a scoop of yogurt in a cup of protein, mix it up really Really well oh you get it the it, like a protein powder you mean or? correct in like a non-fat plain yogurt uh-huh um you get a lot of protein and yeah not a lot of fat if you use non-fat yogurt so that's like an awesome end of the night sort of if you have a sweet tooth i have a very uh-huh. big sweet tooth so at night i always need something sweet so that's a good go-to for me
3: I've been doing um, because I was I was having gelato every night uh, before the but see I have a sweet and salt thing so I would do like gelato brush my teeth and be like I'm done for the night no wait those potato <laughs> chips are in the pantry so what I've been doing is uh, plain uh, yogurt with uh, blueberries walnuts and uh, molasses just a little bit okay, as a sweetener okay. um, just because I, I don't know if it's better but it has more iron in it which okay. I need mm-hmm. yep. yeah so uh, yeah. but yeah so that's what I
7: okay. so I'm not saying that's low calorie that's <laughs> yeah. that's a whole Food though, I mean, yeah. it sounds like you're being very uh, conscious, conscious, yes. and like, yeah, being intentional about what you choose exactly. So that's great, and then, uh, you know, maybe with a glass of whiskey, but that's not the point. <laughs> that's
3: I well because that's the thing. I mean, like, you I have cut back on a lot of that, like, yeah. especially mixed drinks. Uh, I'm not drinking beer anymore. I'm sticking to like if I want to have a, some alcohol, I'll have wi- like whiskey with the rocks or a glass of wine, and that's okay. It. Yeah,
7: are you a big whiskey girl? Do you know, like, what's like your go to? My go to,
3: oh, my go to, well, Buffalo Trace is great, like, yeah. I like Bourbons. Yeah, uh, yeah. My husband doesn't like bourbons because they they're a little sweeter. Yeah. He likes, uh, tell him, or do whiskey. Okay. Says, what about yourself?
7: I wish I was a whiskey fan. <laughs> I was going to say. She asked like
11: she knew. How about you? <laughs> well, no, my um, husband is, like, obsessed. Oh, uh, really? He, he, was, he, he collects ooh. bottles of whiskey. Or bourbon, bourbon. Okay. But his like daily go to is also
3: Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. Yeah, he it's loves a, that. It was short, and were, it it's was, getting hard to find. right? Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. it's been yeah. getting hard to find. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a supply issue. And uh, like if I want to have a, a, a like a more expensive, maybe Angels Envy. I like a okay. lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heard
7: of that. So. Yeah, so I've been trying theirs. That's why I was asking. And I've got them drinking mezcal because I'm like a tequila <laughs> fan. So I've got I, them, um, I just smoky bought tequila. I just
3: bought Casadores uh, Repasado. Oh no, nice. uh,
7: really? Yes. It's on sale.
3: Uh, Four dollars <laughs> off at. At foremost. I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not kidding at all. Just uh, stop by there for a bottle of wine. I'm like, uh oh, the Reposado ca- Casadores is on sale. All, all right. right. Maybe I'll take that. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I Again, it goes back to the whole. Like, but and I just sip it. I just had, like, you know, one yeah. Yeah. one glass. And uh, it's really good. It's got a little caramelized place.
11: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Yeah. I mean, drinking... You know, wine or a drink at the end of the night is a lot is how a lot of people unwind. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, we, we we have found other options, too. Like yes. there's a lot of like non-alcoholic things um, or, you know, mm-hmm. trying to find a little bit of a more holistic approach to sort of unwind at the end of the day is 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 hard. Like we're not here to say like it's super easy, but um I enjoy a glass or three of wine. Well,
3: and also, as well. The, and also, if you're having, if you like, let's say, you like having a beer with something or something fun right. that has alcohol in it. So I uh, found um, this uh, like. Uh, flavored waters, just sparkling water. Mm-hmm. I found one with cucumber and lavender, which is fantastic. Oh, I good. love that one. Yeah. Yeah. but I can't if I if I have it all the time. I, I kind of you, you you know you oversaturate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. but so yeah, it's it's being creative and just not thinking the exact same thing, right? That's right, that's how we right. get into ruts. Is we're like, well, I don't like doing that anymore, and, yeah. and so I give up. Yeah, right. Yeah. which is why let me bring it back to the mm-hmm. work that you do at Doghouse. I've told I told Annabelle uh when. When I was trying to explain this to her years ago, it's a, it's like having recess for adults, right? She was,
7: I hated Here. recess.
3: <laughs> and I was like, okay, but but my point being, it was like there's always something different and dynamic. Like I remember when Amanda would do like a um, an obstacle course, and now all of a sudden I'm like swinging to you know on the those, uh, the hoops, whatever they're they're called, the ring, and, rings, I'm, the yeah. rings, and I'm, I'm climbing over a wall, and like not not like too crazy, too hard, right. but but that engages your mind and keeps you engaged. I I think right absolutely yeah.
11: yeah I think a lot of it is is you have to think you know about a lot of these lifts and that challenges people in a different way so it, it could be fun and some people are ready for that additional challenge right they've maybe been going to the gym for a long time um doing their own thing and they're looking for a little bit more of a challenge right um so yeah we we try to sort of
3: um cater to everyone no matter what fitness you know level um and you do a great job at it. Thank you. Thank you. That's, uh, and I want to invite you guys back. I, am so thrilled to have you here. If You can stay for movie talk if you want to hear what Mike has to say about, about movies. But Mike Crowley's going to check. He's our movie reviewer if you want to yeah. hang out. Awesome. Yeah. All right. He's on the phone. So if you want to hang out, you're welcome. Oh my gosh. I got to start whisking a cookie. You guys, I got to go. Bye oh. everyone. More morning. on WCPT 820.
7: Jonas Posito, live local and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy.
6: You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter.
5: Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now
3: available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern Rogers Park and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820.
3: I am in the middle of uh, trying to set up Whiskey and a Cookie. So if you uh, happen to listen to both shows at the same time, I'm doing that. While Natalie and Candace are watching the uh, craziness happen in the studio, uh, I'm trying to make sure that I get this all set up right. Poor Adam Selzer is waiting for the show to start. He's my host uh, for that show right now. Let's go live there. So we've got Whiskey and a Cookie going online. i got to make uh, Adam the host and uh, make sure he's all set up. Thank you, Natalie. And Candace are coming in. They're like, you guys can stay as long as you want. Because they were like, what is she, what movie is she going to vote for? For uh, for the uh, SAG after awards because Mike Crowley who's on the line is going to start talking about movies. Hey Mike, how are you doing today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm all right. I am uh, trying. I'm scrambling trying to make sure that I get all of my uh, my ducks in a row, as it were, and uh, and get whiskey and a cookie going. You guys. Are- <laughs> So many things happening. I've screwed. I've screwed everything up. I made my husband run over here and get my my computer, and now I don't even have this going right. Uh, you know, in the meantime, what movies are you? What movies are you recommending as far as like new movies that are out?
1: Uh, for new movies that are out, I haven't seen any of the newest stuff. But if you want to check out streaming, you can see The Banshees of Inisherin on uh, HBO. Uh, and then Everything Everywhere All at Once is also available on Amazon. So those, based on those two right there, I would suggest them. I mean, luckily, I'm in a position. Oh, and it, of course, if you want a total experience, you know, go see Avatar if you haven't already. Uh, hopefully the HFR, which is the high frame rate ratio, uh, might throw you off where it moves slightly faster during some parts because it's going at like oof, well, what is it, like uh, Like 60 frames per second instead of the uh, standard 24. But that's technical talk. But if you want to see something that takes you out of this world, see Avatar. If you want to see something at home, Banshees of Inisheran, or Inisheran, how do you say it? I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to hear them yeah. say it correctly, right? Yeah, because I love Banshees because
1: every time someone sees it, they have, like, a different interpretation of it. But... It's it's really like a wonderful ensemble piece, you know, not just from Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, but also Barry Keoghan plays this role of like this young, thirsty kid who doesn't really have any game. So he keeps uh, bothering uh, Carrie Condon's character, who's also wonderful in the film, you know, in a movie filled with guys, the one woman in it, where it seems like she's only like this only woman on this remote island that they live on. Um, I'm not sure if in a Sharon is a real place or not. It could be fictionalized. Uh, her being the one first one woman there really make, she actually stands out on her own where she can take on Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. There's a great line in the trailer where I can't say the F word, but they don't enunciate the, the F word with a U. They enunciate it with an E. So she's just like, oh, you men are F bar, and barn. And yeah. Should, if I'd say uh, for Home, that was my favorite. But, of course, uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once would probably be everyone else's favorite, since I feel like I'm sitting on a remote island where I like <laughs> the movie, but I don't think it's deserving it's as much praise as it's good. I Well,
3: uh, so why don't you... Th- I mean, I guess, is it just that it was uh, too much? I mean, really, was everything all at once happening?
1: Um, it's just uh, the the humor of the film seem to be a detriment to the feelings we get by the end of the plot. Because, you know, you have guys jumping on, let's just say, sex devices, and then you have sausage fingers. And yeah, all of it was a little supposed much. supposed to be this big, dramatic revelation at the end with the daughter, which I won't give away, but when you reach that point, it feels a lot like a machine where it's pumping out energy, and rah, boom, it just stops, and then you're... Kind of stuck with sort of like this movie of the week you would get with the, from the 1970s. From
8: okay, the okay, we're
3: streaming now. Hold on, one second. I, right. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I agree that there was like there was some stuff that was like too much over the top, right? Yeah. Um. I don't. Uh, how, did you watch any of the Golden Globe Awards? Because I really enjoyed uh, their both their speeches. Uh, who the the actors that won for everything all at once.
1: Oh, I don't, well, in terms of the cast, it's wonderful. And again, I do like the movie a lot, but I didn't think it was the best picture. But yeah, Ki-Hui Kwan, uh, who plays Michelle Yeoh's husband in it, he had that wonderful bit where he's on the stage and he said, I can't believe I'm standing in front of the man who started me in the industry, Mr. Steven Spielberg, because uh, what's the name of his character? He played as a little kid in the Temple of Doom. Uh, short, short round, right? yeah. 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 So, you know, seeing him being able to reunite with Spielberg was just a beautiful thing to see. I didn't see the uh, show itself. I mostly just saw the highlights. But I mean, it's amazing how much Asian cinema is really garnering attention in the United States now. I mean, if you think about the Oscars in 2019, that was the year that Parasite from South Korea won. And now we might have another Asian-led film with everything everywhere all at once winning the Oscar, which, I mean, I'm okay with that movie winning. It's like if there was one movie or two on the list, I wouldn't want to see it win. It would be Avatar, The Way of Water, and, oh, darn, I can't remember the other film and at the top of my head. But, well, Triangle of Sadness, I don't think. That's a little too... Out there to win, but so that's
3: a whole other one. What? Uh, okay, so here, so I am a, a member of SAG-AFTRA, and I've seen a lot of these, but I just want to. I, I sent you the list of uh, who was, uh, yeah. uh, you know. It, and the tough part here, because I, I try to, I'll turn something on and, and think I don't like this story. Like the, the the idea for us as performers is to evaluate the, you know, what the actors brought to the role, and sometimes that can be a little bit hard. Like Babylon, I've been watching and. and mm. It, it, it's rough, right? I mean, like it's interesting, and, and I feel like I've seen this movie before. Wasn't there a movie uh, that George Clooney was in a few years ago about the the you know Hollywood and the movie industry and like all the crazy partying and covering up stories and pregnancies and deaths and things like that? It, it's it reminded me a little bit of that movie, and I can't even remember what the name of that movie was.
1: Well, the movie it reminded me of was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and one thing that really reminded me of it is the fact that Brad Pitt. Tennis? Who's Brad (laughs) Tennett? Brad Pitt was in the movie and he kind of played the same character in Babylon where, you know, I don't think he had a southern drawl in that one like he did here. But, you know, he's kind of like this all American, welcoming, fun at the party kind of guy who maybe has a little bit of a dark side to him. But you know, I just kept thinking like I've seen this movie already, like two years ago or three years ago, whatever, whatever like 2019, where he's playing the same thing, and this is almost like the same movie, except uh, it's much wilder and something I wasn't expecting from Damien Chazelle. But yeah, I mean, overall, the the cast stood out great. Margot Robbie, Roby Margot Robbie was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Really? That movie. I just yeah, she was she played. Um, Oh, darn! What's the name of Roman Polanski's wife that got murdered by the Manson?
3: Oh, I couldn't tell you the name. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: me. but she was playing her, and you know she kind of played a fantasy version of her. Where I can't give away that that part of the ending unless you want to go in fresh. But she played uh, she played that person uh, in real life in the movie, and yeah, seeing both those cast members in Babylon, I can't help but think that. Once upon a time in Hollywood played a very large role in influencing Damien Chazelle's film.
3: That's yeah, I, I uh, it, it especially for me, like it's just so over the top, though. And uh, and that, but that's not what what I'm supposed to be looking at. It's the performances, and I and I like I like Margot Robbie, I do, uh, and uh, you know Brad Pitt's always fun to watch. Uh, I'm just not sure if that's that's going to be my that's not one of my favorites as far as a cast. So f- for the nominations for SAG aftra that there's there's a category of entire cast, and that's one of them. And the other one is the Fablemans, which I believe you enjoyed that movie. I have not oh, yeah. seen it yet. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
1: Now that has a great cast in it. Uh, of course, Michelle Williams is the uh, standout in that movie uh, because you know she's playing a mother who's suffering from mental illness, and you know, of course, that plays a detriment in that plays a big <clears throat> excuse me that plays a big role in um, Steven Spielberg's career, and you know, her and Paul Dano. It was, I see Paul Dano play two very opposite kind of roles, like within the last two years, where he's like a creepy uh, murderer in the Batman, and then in this film. He plays a very loving, compassionate father who might be seeing his career more than his children. Mm -hmm. And yet being fully rounded characters like that in the movie is what made The Fableman stand out above Armageddon Time, which was about another director and his life story. And he told it in this very forgettable movie where it's like, this is about my life. It's like, yeah, but we don't know who you are. You're not Steven Spielberg. Sorry. (laughs) You know, yeah. and there is an. Oh, yeah, and of course, Empire of Light, directed by Sam Mendez, who does have a large filmography, but unfortunately, Empire of Light wasn't his best work. But if anyone has the right to tell a movie about their life, it's Steven Spielberg, and The Fableman's uh, is sort of a return, I guess, to home for him in terms of style or, or, or quality of film, because his movies in the last few years have just been kind of okay. Yeah. You know, but then again, you know, you got to give the guy a break. He's much older now. But no, oh, the Fablemans, the cast all around was great. Even Gabriel LaBelle, who played young Sammy Fableman, which is of course a younger version of Steven Spielberg, did a great job holding his own, and having to carry much of the emotional weight of the movie. You know, with him and Michelle Williams kind of working beautifully together as um, mother and son.
3: The, uh, let me take a quick break here. We're talking to Mike Crowley about the uh, about the movies that are nominated, the, the casts and cast members that are nominated for the sag After Awards. And of course, many of them reflect movies that were uh, also nominated for Golden Globes and the upcoming Academy Awards. Uh, you can go to his website. You'll probably agree why P.A., uh, reviews.com
1: reviews.com
3: ypareviews.com follow him on Twitter we'll take a break and come back in just a moment and uh, by the way a listener our friend Paul said it's Sharon Tate was the name of the uh, was the name of Sharon Tate Sharon Tate yes let me take a break here we'll continue our conversation on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal
6: Chicago's Progressive Talk WCPT 820 where facts matter
0: Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
3: And we are on with Mike Crowley. You'll probably agree, reviews, ypareviews.com. He's helped me out with my SAG AFTRA nominations because uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to everything. And, and uh, Women Talking is a movie I have not seen yet, and it looks really heavy. Mike, is that
1: accurate? Uh, yeah, you could say that. It's definitely a heavy movie. A uh, woman, yeah. Now, that, now there was a phenomenal cast where everyone is working together in unison. Uh, the only, the only one that seemed off was Frances McDermott because she's on the poster, but she's only in the movie for like three minutes, and they weren't even like that important. Her scenes, but um, yeah, that that movie from Rooney Mara Mar- to Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, uh, and then the other stand out is Ben Wishaw, the one male in the film who sort of plays like, you know, a very emasculated sort of person who isn't the typical uh, macho male image you see, which counteracts with, you know, the thing the other males are doing in that community. But yeah, all, all around um, woman talking, yeah, each performance really stands out. But if I were to say the two best ones is Jesse, uh, it's Jesse Buckley and Ben Wishaw because uh, uh, to say who Buckley's character is, you'd have to watch the movie to find out. But she's someone who starts off as very rude, but then you understand why she is.
3: Well, it's interesting because uh, that cast, the entire cast is nominated for a SAG-AFTRA, so all of them together, but not a single one of them is named is, is nominated for an outstanding performance, uh, I don't think. Wait, let me make sure that's right. None of them for supporting role, and... Uh yeah, hmm. not 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 one of them is nominated for an individual award, which I think is interesting and probably unfortunate because obviously the Academy Awards don't honor uh were any of them nominated for an Academy Award, do you know? I don't have that list. Uh
1: if any of them were, I don't have a list on the Yeah.
3: Either. Yeah. Uh, okay so let's move on so uh what do you th- what do you think about the movie Elvis because I did I I, I like that movie more than I, I thought I was with one extremely uh, glaring exception which is I couldn't stand Tom Hanks' accent
1: yeah he was terrible in it he was an absolute joke I don't know what he was going for in it I don't because like it was a mixture of like a southern drawl and then there was also... An action from another region of the world that uh, I couldn't say where. Eastern
3: European. From. Sometimes it sounded Asian. Yeah. It was weird. It was very strange.
1: Yeah, I mean, he sounded like uh, he was phoning it in. Either that or he was trying too hard. And because of that, he came up with this ridiculous sounding character. Because, yeah, he sounded like a cartoon character in the movie. He's like, I know that this boy would be a star one day. Yes. I'm like, what? What are you doing, man? (laughs)
3: Yeah, because the the guy who plays Elvis, I thought, did a really nice. I I found him compelling. I thought the story was interesting. What was that?
1: Yeah. Austin Butler was incredible. I mean, he kind of does look and sound naturally like Elvis. So I think a lot of that, you know, if they gave that to a well-known actor, it wouldn't have been as... Dynamic as you would get, yes, no, no.
3: I agree with that, yeah. yeah I enjoyed him yeah. thoroughly. Um, yeah, I, it was just, it was only, and you get the feeling that because it's Tom Hanks, like no one wanted to, to correct him and go, Hey, that choice you're making, uh, let's, <laughs> let's go in a different direction. I don't know, I, I don't know what happened.
1: Uh, I think it, it probably is one of those because if Boz Lorman is sitting there and he's okay with the accent, then if someone comes in and says, "Uh, I don't know about the accent, they're they're both going to be dismissed. You know, I mean, it's kind of the same thing you had when Christian Bale played Batman. He was a wonderful Bruce Wayne, but his Batman sounded like he had throat cancer by the second movie. (laughs) And you would think by the third movie, someone would say to him, hey, less, less, uh, less a grovelly voice, you know, not so much horse voice. Do it, just do it a little less. Like, because now everyone who's seen The Dark Knight, is kind of pointing this out. But no, he sounded even more ridiculous in the sequel. So <laughs> you're kind of getting a situation like that, where I couldn't imagine Tom Hanks taking criticism right. and getting rude about it. I mm-hmm. just think no one was correcting him. And yeah, that's kind of why he was in there. But yeah, Austin Butler was great. In it. The movie itself was just okay. You know, the, one thing is they really did skip over the fact that when Elvis found his... Uh, future wife priscilla i believe it was yeah. her name is yeah that she was 13 years yeah. old or 14 <laughs> at that time yeah <laughs> they, they completely skipped over
8: that. Correct.
3: Yeah, I I noticed that too. All of a sudden, they're just like hanging out and talking and sharing her dreams or whatever. Uh, let's see what the other. Uh, let's see. Let's, let me jump around categories here a little bit because we've talked about Kate Blanchett and Tar. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Ana de Barmas in Blonde, which is another uh, SAG after nomination. I have not seen Danielle Deadweiler in Till. Have you seen this movie?
1: Mm, yeah, that was a, that was a real snub. You know, Deadweiler Dad has to do everything because, you know, she's playing the role of Emmett Till's mother. And, you know, going through something like that requires a They're going through the loss of a son and having to put that on screen. That's a lot to do, you know, all at once. And she does so wonderfully. She it's an absolute, you know, it's ridiculous that she didn't even get nominated for Best Actress this year. I knew it was a crowded category. But she had to carry this entire film on her shoulders, and she does so absolutely wonderfully. Oh, and of course, Daniel is who I'm talking about, yes. in case you were wondering who we're, who were mentioning. <laughs>
3: I have to say, we, uh, we were hanging out with Mike Crowley. He's going to join us in studio next week to talk movies for an hour uh, next Friday. Looking forward to hanging out with you. I've got to run, but I, I just want to say this. There are a lot of really heavy movies. Like There, there just wasn't a lot. There weren't that many that had, I, I say this a lot, m- like any levity or mirth. You know what I'm saying? As far as, it's just a lot of heavy movies. The Whale, The Banshees of Inner everything everywhere all at once. It's, it's got its, some levity to it. Um, yeah, just, I mean, Black Panther, obviously more of an action movie. Uh just these are a lot Till, very heavy movies, Mike. What happened? Yeah.
1: And that one didn't get nominated for Best Picture, which is, you know, I would have replaced Triangle of Sadness with Till or even or Top Gun Maverick with Till. Because as love as much as I, I thought Top Gun Maverick is awesome.
11: It's great. It was, great.
3: was so it was much, so fun. much yeah, fun. I take it back. That yeah. was really fun. Yes. Well, but.
1: Yeah, it was great, but was it Best Picture? No, I mean it did bring people back to the theater. But before that, even brought people back to the theater, Spider-Man: No Way Home brought people back to the theater because they wanted to see if their old favorite Spider-Men would all come back through the multiverse. And that was that was like a concert seeing that movie. You know, people were applauding when uh, when all oh, just I can spoil yeah. it at this point because Disney did. You know, uh, when Tobey Maguire you know, crawl through the portal or, right. or just, they walk through it, you know, and then Andrew Garfield, does. everyone's so much fun. Feet, like,
3: yeah! yeah. Well, you I, I got to, tur- get- yeah, I, I got to turn the station over. Otherwise you'll be mad at me. I hate cutting you off, but, uh, but you're going to be in studio. So we'll be able to, to talk. We'll be able to stretch out and talk more about movies next week. Ypareviews.com. That's Mike Crowley, your movie reviewer here on WCPT on uh, driving at home. Thanks, Mike. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Have a good one. Take care. Good night, Lady B. Mike Crew's up next. I'll be at the mayor's mansion on the south side. It's, I'm not in Frankfurt, this Illinois, this weekend. That is uh, Dwayne Kennedy. Is it CD and me? Bye, everybody.